Welcome to episode 420 of Bruce News Week, recorded today, Friday the 26th of May, live post-AIBAs in Melbourne. And I'm here with my fearless leader, Matt Kierkegaard, and MC of the night. Hey, Matt. Hey, Sabrina. How are you? Now, I have to say, we always record live, This is, but this is... B- very unvarnished we're uh we're going to be unedited this week so we're going to um do our best to um stick to script we delayed the recording of the podcast because last night obviously was the australian international beer awards literally the biggest night of the uh, beer industry and unfortunately our editor joe helder is moving house today so uh (laughs) we're, we're just going to put this out as it comes so uh and it's just the two of us so hopefully hopefully we won't need to bleep anything i got a lot of uh comments last week about apparently i, I don't even remember there was a lot of swearing i'm a bit of a swearer matt so i'm not, not surprised. always but uh, yeah th- there was a lot of uh, th- there was a lot of feedback um uh, uh, about the conversation uh, about the black flag stuff but i yeah i, I actually wasn't conscious that we'd s- and i know a lot of people listen to this in their car and often with their children because people have commented about we'd, that. Um, so thankfully, we'd put in an um, explicit rating on last week's um, episode. So um, we are here in Melbourne because we did have um, Australia's Beer Night of Nights last night, Matt. And, um, you know, Dollar Bill took home champion beer for the second time. Second time, uh, the, the, the champion Australian beer um, they took out in 2021. That's um, right. And go and listen to the podcast. We had a great chat with them. They were so excited. And to win again last night was huge. Um, it they And it, 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 I don't know if you know the story. It's a, it's a little, I mean, it's a blendery where they don't even make their own yep. um, wort or anything like that. They've apparently uh, just gotten their the QCAT so, so yeah. that they, they can. They've also bought a brewery, so they're going to be able to make their own beer, and we're hopefully going to really see them be able to capitalise on these amazing beers that they're making. But that was it, – it, they're just good people. They're the people that when you see them get up, they're so genuine, they're so humble and so passionate. That it, It's all of the feels about I, the industry. I was just going to say that. So um, – you know, the flip side from sort of last week's podcast to this week's podcast is it's been a bit of a heavy week in the beer industry. There's been a lot of talk mm. about things that aren't so great. And then you get to the AIBAs and my overall feeling was I just got the warm and fuzzies. It charges um, and we'll, the batteries. You will talk to – it does recharge the batteries. It it gives you sort of gumption for the fight. And, and we'll go through some of the other winners, but Dollar Bill was right at the end. I, I would say three-quarters of the room stood – uh, you know, you know, stood mm. in, in a rousing. It, it was just this sort of um, galvanising moment. There's such lovely people. Um, lots of potential other great winners out of the trophy. It was such a beautiful win. I got the goosebumps. Like it was just warmed the cockles of your heart. And I think it really does give you that sort of gumption and push for the next big push for beer so loved it loved every second of it <laughs> so but yeah anyway, apologies also uh i was on stage doing the emceeing with uh curly baldhorn the beer diva and so my voice is a little bit raspy i, I, I was home very in good condition uh, you know as early as possible but yeah I'm, I'm a little bit uh throaty today so apologies in advance and so matt a couple of the other i mean um, you wrote an article this morning you wrote an article this morning that was um Consistency is sort of the the name of the game this year at AIBAs and, you know, Moffat Beach. That was my big takeaway. You know, everyone sort of talks about the, the, you know, 
night, the what what happened on the night and the awards that were given. But you know, as I was looking at the awards and you know, champ to win champion beer once is a is a yeah. huge thing. To to win twice very close just shows that you know you're doing something right and you're doing something right consistently well. And as I thought about it, that was one of the things that really came out. So Moffat Beach, for example. You know, we've talked about them in, in the past, but I think we really need to step back and acknowledge it's a little brewery up on the Sunshine Coast. They started, you know, I think two or 300 litre system yep. in the back of a cafe. Two years ago, they expanded to a much bigger brewery. Um, they're not classically trained brewers. You know, if, if they're, they're not at, you yep. know, university Matt's educated. Matt's never had training. Yep. He's, he's learned, he's obviously very instinctive, but back-to-back champion small brewery, um, at the Australian International Beer Awards, which is a massive achievement. Yeah. Back to back at the Indies um, mm-hmm. for their relative, because I, I think they've moved from brew pub and to to small medium. Um, at their state awards, the um, Royal Queensland Beer Awards, back to back. So for the last two years, they have won their brewery champion in their respective category in you know it's 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 the grand slam um of and then before that they still had you know if if you go back i think they were three years in a row at the um royal queensland and things so it's just whatever they are doing they are just doing well and consistently and you know I, I, i you can't talk highly enough about the achievement in a highly variable, highly, you know, there, there is always a little bit of luck and a little bit of variability in it, but whatever they're doing to have done it, it's outside of the, you know, the random. Yeah, I, I was talking to um, Craig Williams, their general manager afterwards, and I said, you know, when you're a small-ish brewery, which they are, um, you're doing all of the other things, right? You're building community, you're... Um, you're, you know, making, you know, offering this great experience at your tap rooms. You're doing all of these things. And then you come there and like, oh, we also make cracking beer. Like it's this sort of, it takes you out of the day-to-day grind of what you're doing and it just reminds you. And, you know, the other thing that I love is this is very much like Matt's the brewer, but um, it's very much a husband and wife team. They're always both at the front and centre of it all. Um, and, and they've cultivated sort of a team and a following. Um that clearly, you know, like there's not one brewer there anymore, yeah. right? And yet the consistency continues. And so they've obviously created an environment and, and they're lovely people. And it's like the dollar bill one, you know, nobody in the room is upset because they're, 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 they're good people, they're ethical business practitioners, you know, like all of the mm. stuff that we like that represents the industry. And it's just, um, I know they get a lot of love, but just sort of to your point, how can we, tell the story nationally that says this is a standout it really is a standout and i'd have to go back to look at the hottest 100 for example but i don't think they feature in you know in in the the hype breweries and they just get in and do make great beer they make it consistently and don't you know if there was consistency between those two lists they should be up right there, the um, yep. and 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 people should be hyping them, not because they're doing chili mud crab apple turnover, you know, <laughs> coconut, crab. you know, yeah, okay. Kolsch, well, you know, whatever, you know, yeah, wh- whatever yeah, yeah. ridiculous beer, um, 
breweries that are making great beer consistently should be and you know uh, uh, don't get me started on my high horse about the problems with beer at the moment but i think that's one of them we, yeah. we, we don't celebrate you know genuine quality um and a- anyway but yeah so so moffat beach really deserve a shout out um the other one i wanted to uh, deeds did incredibly well i was just about to say deeds we were ironically had had a trip down their plan today and then i was sort of one table away from them and the, the awards just kept coming <laughs> It, it did, and and you know, and they were right down the back of the room. So it was a long trip up for them. Yeah. But again, the opposite almost to Moffat Beach, where they're clearly making consistently high quality beer, but they do have a hype about them, and yeah. you know, it, it just shows that there is an X factor that some breweries, some what some breweries do, or how they resonate, um, they they get that little bit of hype as well but this was clearly their year you know like sometimes you go to these awards and somebody wins everything and mm. deeds won i think two trophies uh two beer category trophies champion victorian and they also win champion uh, yeah they, they won two beer trophies yeah. uh, so and then champion victorian and i think champ- champion so medium yeah was it? Oh. anyway but yeah so i, I mean Huge We're not editing, remember, so we'll just uh, push a on. Huge day. Please correct us if we need to. Actually, on, on that, I've already been corrected once. Uh, pronunciation. Um, uh, Mayor Street Mertzen, not Mayor St. Mertzen. Um, we're just given the awards. We, well, I, I didn't know that Mayor Street was a street. In, so thank there you, you to those people who pointed that out. Um, so, and then the third one that I wanted to talk about, or the fourth one that I wanted to talk about out of last night, that actually gave me the warm fuzzies for a whole sort of different reason was Mountain Goat. It was, so they won um, Champion Large Brewery, but they were seated sort of two tables back and there were a few tables. And there's a lot of cynicism about um, brands that have been purchased by one of the big two, sort of that they lose their, you know, there's all sorts of things thrown around about what happens to them. Being dumbed down, all, run by accountants. All of this stuff. But there was a giant team there of people who were as emotional and as excited to win this award as people working in small and medium breweries. And there was no cynicism from them. They had worked hard. Their brewer brewers got up and accepted the award. Um, I just think... You know, they've been together a long time. Lots of people have come through Mountain Goat and mm. gone on to have careers in other places. And when I talked to some folks afterwards, they said it's the team. The team there is so gelled. They have such low turnover. Most of the staff have been there over six years and they are just a powerhouse that loves working together. And so it was such a team celebration. And I just, at a time when we're looking to bring the industry together, and we're thinking about, you know, what makes us more similar than different. Mm. Watching people who work in our industry be proud of their achievements and celebrate together, it just sort of reinforced for me. Um, it, it was just lovely. I just loved it. And their Hightail 25 was the beer they won the trophy for, which is yep. great. Again, you know, because since Mountain Goat was purchased, their goat, um, their mm-hmm. their, their very entry level beer has been the huge volume seller for them where you know they, they did used to have hightail they used to have a number of other really great beers that 
after you didn't have that mainstream appeal. But if you get around Melbourne these days, you see the, 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 the goat yeah, um, umbrellas and the signage and things like that. And you don't see too many of their other beers um, getting that sort of prominence because, as somebody from CUB once said, you uh, pull the oar that moves the boat. And that's mm. clearly – but they're still making great beer. And then when you factor in those other things, there's obviously a culture there. But it, it, was, it was actually really nice – um, that the big brewers obviously have a number of tables that were mm. there, which is actually a nice thing as well because they take the awards seriously and they're celebrating their teams and taking them. And when beers from Yadala or beers from Ab- Abbotsford were finalists, mm-hmm. um, which happened quite a bit, there was a big cheer. So they're very, very proud. And last night wasn't about big versus small, no. craft versus mainstream, independent. You know, It was a celebration of beer and I think that showed a real maturity in the room that, you know, in the early days of craft, it was very much almost craft brewers were booing. Yeah, yeah. That's part of what I loved about it, right? Um, I thought that was so great. And then just for me, I'm going to throw in my last kind of little story about it. But obviously, um, Kiwi Brewers had a good night. Um, We had three sisters win, small international behemoth brewing win, uh, medium international or large international um, and, and so, you know, there were, there were a bunch of Kiwi brewers in the room, awards going to um, gold medals going to small and medium breweries across New Zealand. And so, you know, that was – that uh, I, I was the one cheering every time a Kiwi <laughs> – every time a Kiwi beer did well. And I, I think, ag- again, it shows, you know, it's an international beer award. We had a lot of um, beers out of China, yep. um, a, a lot of beers out of Japan, in, including winning, um, you know, some of the major trophies – it was interesting that the beers out of the United States, which also had quite a number of entries, the ones that were doing well and getting high golds and in the contention for the trophies seemed to be very much the strong dark beers, um, which clearly, tra- well, again, the, 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 the takeaway from that for me was clearly some beers are better travellers than others when it comes to awards. Absolutely. I mean, I had that this exact conversation um, during during the awards ceremony, but um, this year the AIBAs have seen a, a sizable increase in the number of draft entries, which means they're coming locally, right? Because nobody's shipping kegs. Mm. So, I mean, maybe they came from New Zealand, but overall the closer you are, the more likely you are to have a draft um, entry. And the draft entries in the categories where fresh is best uh were overall the ones that were winning the trophies Mm. the vast majority of them were draft except in those categories like porter you know um stout where as you say it those can travel better as cans and and can be in the can longer but overall um the resurgence of sort of or or the increase in draft I, i think says a lot about quality and overall i would just sort of that's uh, it it was really nice to see the number of breweries and one that stood out was revel but there were others yes. that had trophy contenders in draft and packaged yes um, yeah we, we actually get a gold standard for consistency i guess which is so great i was um trying to see and it's not in here i was hoping that there might be a breakdown of um, medals by state um, or they wins by state. They've got an international versus I entry numbers. But again, just Victoria did really well. Um, Queensland and New South Wales seemed to do pretty well. Western Australia, oh, Western Australia had did very well, but from s- some very strong breweries yes. as opposed to a breadth 
or, or, or breweries. But they seem to sort of over-represent, right, overachieve. So not as many entries from WA yeah. appeared in the list, but then when they did, they were getting gold. So the right? ones that do, yeah. do really well. But again, I haven't had a chance to really no, dig into the numbers on that. Um, before we move off the AIBAs, the, the, the other one and that ties the consistency, consistency thing together is there's a category um, mm. called consistency of excellence. And if you enter the same beer in the same category and win gold three succeeding years in a row, you get a medal for consistency, which you know yep. is Huge. deserved. But I, I, from memory, Fixation got it um, for the first time probably six years ago. Um, five or six years ago was the first time it was awarded. Whether it was the first time it happened, I don't know. But last night there were six breweries, and I don't have the list in front of me, but there were two from Filter. Yeah. Um, which is a huge achievement. Filter did very well. Cooper's Pale yep. Ale. Yeah. Um, uh, Rebellion Brewing with O'Brien um, mm. for their, uh, um, uh, I won't say low carb, but it's not low carb, it's uh, gluten free. Um, and who's the one I'm forgetting? If you got in front, but th th there, were, there were six breweries, and apologies to the one that I'm not remembering, but. It would be really nice to see Hawkers. Hawkers, of course. Oh, God, might as well not be. Uh, um, although I don't and Sydney Brewery for its and Sydney Brewery for its lager again. Another brewery that wins regularly in for that out of state for um, that beer. awards. Yep, yep, yep. So again, true consistency there, but then consistency. I would really like to see a lot of prominence given to that category or increased prominence because you know beer awards are fantastic. You know, on the night, the winners on the night get celebrated, but the deeper thrust of awards like the AIBAs is the quality of our beer and you know every beer can put bling on you know like you, you get every brewery in Australia gets to say a, a medal winning beer or an award winning beer um, and you know I, I really think you almost have to get a trophy to it's say that you're award winning. It's funny. So um, I would I would sort of say two things to that, Matt, which is the first is um, I had a number of conversations with people. You guys had come back from CBC. Lots of other people that were at the awards last night had travelled to the US. Mm. Um, and then I also spoke to Craig Bowen, who is the long-time steward of, of uh, the AIBAs, received recognition for 10 years. And we were talking about just how good the overall quality standard of beer is in Australia compared to other places. Mm. And overall... That was very much my impression when I was in the States. If you just... If you're not going... doing Jumping from lily pad to lily pad, you know, going to the places that you know yep. um, are good. If you're just walking into venues and ordering, could yep. I have this? You know, it's just very hard to separate yourself from your national pride or whatever. But I was very much struck by how good our beer is on average. Um... And so, like, as we're starting to think about really making the case for beer as Australia's drink, um, the fact that we are producing such high standard mm. quality beer across the category is, you know, that's outstanding for mm. us. That's a great news story. But, yeah, just to jump back into the, those six breweries, and, you know, I, I think if awards are going to be celebrating quality in a way that consumers can trust, yep. um, you know, Winning a bronze, winning a silver is nothing to be sneezed at, you know, and, and, and I don't mean to diminish them, but they're benchmarking awards. It means you've done a, a good beer in the right category and things like that. To win gold shows that you're really getting it, and then the trophy is obviously the trophy. But to win gold cons consistently in a product that you're making multiple times a year 
you know, it's not like wine where you make it once. To, to win it three times, that is really a benchmark that I think should be really, really celebrated. It's interesting. I've just been throwing around recently this idea of the um, James Halliday beer guide, mm. but basically creating an almanac of all of the beers and their awards across all of the competitions, um, basically from gold and upwards. Pete and I used to talk about that. No, the, the, the challenge, there are a whole yeah. lot of challenges. I, oh, of yeah. course there are. But and not everyone enters every awards. That's and right. but, yeah. but the point of that was because how do we make this <coughs> argument to consumers for someone like Moffat Beach that is just so overrepresented? Mm. You know, they're, they're the 99.9 star in the, in the James Halliday Wine Guide and, and this consistency medal that you're talking about. That's where, you know, when you rank it all and you go, well, they're consistently these. So in my head in the last few days, as we start to make the case for why consumers should care about all of our awards, not just this one, I was like, how do we synthesise this into a way that isn't just the brewery saying, look at, look at our awards on our cans, but is the industry saying we've sort of coalesced around this and, and we agree, we can see it we because of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I but don't anyway, know. I think I think we've rounded off for the AIBAs, but well worth uh, delaying the podcast for. Absolutely wonderful night. So good to see so many people in such good spirits, um, and really, yeah, yeah. So wonderful, wonderful night. Fabulous. Um, so on to some news, Matt, that um, we haven't had the chance to get to, but we'll do hopefully today. Um, <laughs> as soon as, <laughs> as, as soon as we've just gotten through AIBAs. Um, Mighty Craft have made some recent announcements on the ASX. Yes, well, uh, uh, Mighty Craft uh, again dropped so much news that we, you know, try and taper the news a little bit. Um, but yesterday was a big announcement. They announced uh, they had a board meeting. They announced that a uh, restructure, um, strategic a strategic review, review and <laughs> also a new chair. Um, they've had they've basically replaced the board. It's been a board renewal. They've described it as board, you know. These things are always couched in the most spun possible terms because it's looking at the share value. They're selling yep. their product of the business, not the product of the beer. So they've appointed two new um, board members and then a new chair. Interestingly enough, the chair, the, the one of the new board members is Trevor O'Hoy, former mm-hmm. um, M managing director of uh, CUB and also a board member of, uh, I think a chair of, uh, Fermentum uh, before they sold in the years yeah. leading up to them he, selling. Yeah, he was sort of appointed a few months ago, a couple of months yeah, ago. Uh, uh, yeah. And as sort of, it, and you get the impression that as the new board members come in, new questions get raised um, and next steps need to sort of, um, uh, they start asking questions slightly differently to perhaps the folks prior before them. Apologies if there was some noise there. I just went to grab my laptop so I could get the uh, wording right and we're not going to be able to fully edit this out i just wanted to yeah so make sure i got the wording wrong because it's the, the wording, wording you make sure you get the wording wrong oh uh, uh, wording right <laughs> sorry I, I don't get it wrong um so i'm just typing because the, the the wording is revealing without actually saying anything so the review in, the review includes the following work streams basically this is what the review is going to do the need to reduce the debt load on the company in the short and medium term they owe too much, they've borrowed too yep. much money. Can't service their debts. The need to assess possible further slash larger divestments to return capital to the business and realise value for shareholders. 
and the need to assess the right structure for the business going forward, including its corporate overhead in light of current challenging market conditions. Now, have, have too much money for the income that they're, that they're generating. But this next one is actually really, really significant. They've been talking since you know, 18 months, uh, for the last 18 months, that they were going to simplify their, you know, all of the buzzwords, simplify their portfolio, get rid of non-core assets. Yep. They've only succeeded in getting rid of Spark, which was a very small thing, yep. and that involved eating you know, a lot of debt that, that, that the company owed. Um, they are out of Ballistic only because Ballistic collapsed, and so they forfeited their $2.5 million investment plus their um, loans to, to, to the company. Um, but when they announced their plans to simplify, Ballistic was one of the ones that they'd said they were going to put their weight behind, and so was Slipstream in Brisbane. Mm. That is now, you know, th that changed to a while ago. Slipstream has been one of the ones that they've been trying to look to get rid of. Um, Foghorn, which is a really, wh which I actually think is probably the strongest in a lot of ways of the of the breweries in Newcastle. Um, Source, um, th these are all the ones that they have a complicated part sharing in. Yep. Haven't managed to, 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 to sell and they've acknowledged that the market has deteriorated since they uh, um, first started this program. But this word, possible further larger divestments. Now, they have Mismatch, which they bought as part yep. of the, I think, the Adelaide Hills distillery and the, 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 the venue. They paid $47 million for that. The entire business's market cap doesn't amount to that. I think it was 11.5 cents yesterday. It's, I was, it's so 10 I cents now. It's 10 cents now. Market cap, $41.34 million. Mm. So less than they paid for the Adelaide Hills. For, for one of their... Um, venues. Then they've also got Jetty Road, um, and you know it's 100% owned. And even in their latest set of reports, it was one of their feature brands. So, mm -hmm. you know, if they're going for further than they've already flagged, what have they got left? So they've got a whole lot of whiskey in barrels, yeah, um, and and spirits that they've said is a, is a focus. So, and then they've got Better Beer, which yep. um, you know recently announced it was doing a capital raise. We haven't seen the results of that yet, um, so we don't know what the um, market, you know, what, what the market What values. they were able to raise, yeah. They've got a 30% share in it. Uh, they were looking at, I think, around about 200 million. So again, you know, the value of the company is a fraction of that. So if they're, you know, to use those words, further larger investments to return capital to the business um, and realise value for shareholders, how do you realise value for shareholders other than giving money back to shareholders? So, I'd, it, stay tuned, folks. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, and uh, It's certainly going to be a continued bumpy ride. I mean, you know, if you, if you keep looking, clearly the directors have come in and said, look at our share price. Uh, I actually know it's not the directors. It is because they actually say in response to feedback from several large shareholders, yeah. this is the people that own the business saying you need to look at it. Um, yeah, but p part of that would yeah. So they're all related, but it's um, it's going to be really interesting. What it does say is that um, the the thought idea that was the basis for Mighty Craft and what would make it great has proven not to be accurate. So um, that that says a lot about um, the challenges of incubating slash growing craft. 
craft mm. in quoted. Um, well, look uh, uh, yeah, again. Look, we, we can go back. Go back and listen to the Mark Haysman conversation from I think December twenty twenty one, where you know three years in, and we were still hearing the same platform for growth, just in a way that was never ever ever going to happen. And they had two years and hadn't shown a track record of it. Um, I, I one of the reasons I really focused on Mighty Craft is because it was a new model. They were talking about doing things, but we're also seeing a lot of breweries in the industry fl- flailing, might be the word, but look, looking for the path forward. Yes. Um, looking for how do we get scale? How do we amalgamate? How do we work together? How do we do these things? And because Mighty Craft was holding itself out as being a model that was you know, meant to be bigger than the sum of the parts or you know, yep. have, have that sort of scale and things like that, it is incredibly hard to do. And it, it's interesting, though, you know, that the fact that they chose to be ASX listed, you know, um, that brought on a whole series of governance challenges that wouldn't have existed if they were private uh, and reporting obligations and, quite frankly, financial overhead associated with that. Um, but I definitely think, as you say, you know, um, even recently we've been talking about what's going to happen in the market as it continues to consolidate. We've talked about there's an excess in um, capacity in tanks. So uh, lots of people want to make more beer. Um, we're seeing, you know, we know that there are various other businesses undergoing restructuring at the moment in the marketplace. Um, and so, and it seems less likely that a pathway out for small and medium breweries that are flailing for want of your want of your term Matt is um, it's certainly not going to be a buyout from the big two so um, what what does that mean and what the ASX what ASX Mighty Craft um, and the model that they chose means okay well that doesn't seem like it's going to be the golden the golden um, handshake the golden parachute the way out either so um, well I mean let, let, let's yeah I mean let's face it in in, in, in beer which is we're a beer podcast Better beer is the value. Yep. Um, Jetty Road, nice venue, nice, but it's just not growing. Um, Mismatch is an awesome brewery, and again, winning consistent um, medals last year. Great hospitality venue, but again, beer isn't growing. This and Mighty Craft is a very top-heavy business. There are a lot of well-paid heavy hitters in there. Yes. Yeah. Trying to make an income from very small breweries. And that's the point, right? If Jetty Road maintained Jetty Road without the need for growth because they had accepted that they could pay X number of staff and do X, Y and Z and the shareholders were essentially four people and, you know, it wasn't about growth, it was about having a nice lifestyle and that would be fine. That model would be perfectly fine. But in a business that is about returning, increasing... um, price slash value through um, growth, that that is not feasible. Mm. Um, so moving on, I just thought it was worthwhile um, not to, to bring the party down as well, but just giving an update on the um, Black Flag Barely Legal. Thanks to everybody who got in touch with us um, separately and privately across all of the platforms about our podcast last week. Um, it's clear that there is still an ongoing conversation happening in parts of the industry and so, um, you know, it's important that those don't happen in pockets and that we're really all on the same page about what we can do going forward. Um, as we recorded last week and I think actually between 
when we finished recording and when um, the podcast went live, um, the IBA had set out an announcement saying that they'd taken various steps under their standards of conduct. I understand that, um, you know, those steps are still playing out and that there will be a further announcement coming to the members uh, and I guess the, the public more broadly about what has happened. Um, and so then that will, um, you know, from a governance standpoint, give other members um, and the broader industry the opportunity to weigh in and say whether they think that's sufficient or not. So um, we can wait and see where, how that plays out. Team there about Lord Howe Island Brewery. Yeah, look, and, and again, I, full disclosures because I was their guest, and uh, you know, it's always I, that always sits a little bit uncomfortably with me. But let's face, it, I wouldn't have got to Lord Howe Island, you know, otherwise. Yeah. Um, it was a really, really interesting experience, and I could, you know, today I won't um, go fully into it, but. Congratulations to them. They won a gold medal, I a, know. A, a high gold medal, you know, in, in, in the lager class, yeah. um, which was really exciting for them. Um, but yeah, because it, 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 it's interesting. It's a very, very small island. We got onto the story in, a, in an awkward way um, because it was announced to us by James Brindley when we did the podcast with him. Yeah. And it sounded like it was very much a line initiative um, that, you know, subsequently turned out it wasn't but as line withdraws from its much smaller breweries it sounds like that the brewery is just going to revert to the maxwell family yeah who are you know tourism operators on the island and a, as you heard tim uh, tim <laughs> i find it very hard to call him timmy it sounds like it's a, but he everyone calls him timmy um maxwell um you know is a really good operator and they're really doing some cool stuff yeah. as they you know run the nursery they've got a hospitality space and then they've got the brewery and it was a really, really wonderful experience, really, really nice. Um, but the sustainability piece for me yeah. um, really, really came in. Um, well, that was the bit that jumped out to me and I sort of thought, well, there's lessons from what they've had to learn because of their geographic location that could work for small breweries uh, sort of in remote places all throughout Australia. So, um, so um, if... I was Lord Howe Island and an, or any of the breweries that we've talked about, Blackman's, um, we saw Boundary Island out of WA, one best new exhibitor. If I was any one of these breweries and I needed to go and add some, um, some medals to my labels, I would call Rallings, Labels, Stickers and Packaging. <laughs> um, last night I had a quick chat uh, with Derek from Bluestone Yeast and we'll come to that in a second. And he's like, one day, Sabrina, Bluestone Yeast is going to have the Bluestone Yeast Rallings effect. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you um, need to add um, medals or anything else to your labels, um, give uh, Brad and the team at Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging a call on 1300 852 235 or email sales at rallingsprint.com.au to help make your brand sing. Um, so in sort of other news that we've had, um, we just talked about a couple of the sort of ongoing administrations, but Caddy um, have announced also on the ASX in the last couple of days that the marketplace has been sold to Lekka, a Singaporean investment company, and that the logistics um, and warehousing would um, be essentially wound up. So that will be interesting to see what that really means for Caddy, given that I would have thought those two elements were 
um, linked. So um, that will be but, – but the announcement basically said you can continue to use the marketplace um, to trade, so ongoing. Um, so that will be interesting to see how that actually plays out for many of the small um, suppliers, which is obviously the side we're more interested in, <laughs> the supply side, how that plays out for those that got caught up in the catty mess in, in the first instance. So hopefully um, – you know, it continues to be a good, a solid platform. Um, and then the last one that I just wanted to flag um, because it sort of came in the last week and we've talked a lot about um, what's happening globally, but I'll just read sort of the headline. Ireland to introduce world first alcohol health labelling policy. Ireland is to become the first country in the world to mandate health labelling on alcoholic drinks to alert people to calorie content, grams of alcohol, risk of cancer and liver disease and dangers of drinking while pregnant. Um, it, these laws don't take effect until 2026 um, but essentially it's starting to look not like the, um, the examples that have been given aren't labels that are as bad as the current cigarette warning labels with sort of gum disease and the edge of the wedge but um but it is very much um this has now happened in our global context and uh it was certainly shared quite widely by fair um and as we've talked about in the past scotland is looking at much more advanced um and, and yeah let, let, let's step back the research is showing the potential physical health problems associated with elevated levels of drinking. There is still a lot of discussion. You know, I'm not a medical expert, but from what I've read and the expert analysis I've read, at low levels, it's the, the jury is still very much out about whether you know um, how harmful it is or whatever. But there is a momentum. Yes. In an anti-alcohol campaign. Yes. Where it starts with pregnancy labelling and it starts, you know, you can't argue against um, educating people about the need for pregnancy and risk of harm and things like that. But there is a momentum building around alcohol that as as you look at, you know, Ireland where it's calories on taps and and the the tap handles have always been a, a challenging one as opposed to packaging, but warnings about, you know, cancer yep. and the liver cancer um, that are going to increasingly make to some people any form of alcohol less appealing. But then when you look at the, you know, the marketing, um, which is springboarding off some of those same um, fears, and that's where I think the, the, the Scottish one that we talked about, they want to ban you know, umbrellas and yep. you know, marketing and things like that that they see as, as being negative. And the industry, it, it's one of the reasons that I've really banged on for years and years and years about perception because perception matters. And people in the industry that want to maintain this, um, Hey, we're a fun industry. You know, it's it's uh, it's booze, man. We're booze slingers, and you know, we're just sort of getting pissed. And yeah, how awesome is it that? Oh man, I'm sporting such a hangover because I wrote myself off last night. You know, do a shoey, do a you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I, and I go back to an event that I was at in Queensland, where some you know, 
people hold themselves out to be industry lib were doing shoeys and shotgunning on stage when you had six members of parliament there. Yeah. That is the takeaway that they get. That is the image that people see in the industry. And it's not, you know, we all drink a little bit too much. You know, it's, it's not the same, but it's celebrating these things that lend weight to these arguments that beer should be more regulated, there should be more warnings, there should be less access and less availability. Um, and it, and it, the, the Irish case study is just a, is an example. Yeah, and so I, I brought this to the news today for, for that very reason because I think, I don't think as an industry, collectively, we have our eye on just how much the landscape is shifting. Um, and, you know, I raised it a couple of weeks ago, but only 10 entities on the alcohol side contributed to the ABAC uh, um, review uh, and and yet many, 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 many more from the anti-alcohol lobby um, participated. And then we see things like uh, what's happening here in Ireland that will obviously be picked up um, and used as the model now uh, around the it certainly will be from anti-alcohol here as see this is what other countries are doing this becomes best practice and I, I don't think that we have collectively really understood how much that is going to continue and I was talking to somebody last night who said they monitor advertising uh, across um, a, a beer and other alcohol and large brands are consistently putting out what they would consider to be inappropriate um, advertising that uh, make light of excessive alcohol and so on and so forth. Big prominent brands are still doing it all the time. And so I, I just flagged this because I think we really need to get our eye on the prize <laughs> around um, this cultural shift. If we want to make a, put a stake in the ground for beer, not just alcohol, um, that we're Australia's drink, we're part of the, um, the zeitgeist, we're sociable, we've got all of this, um, that perception matters. And every time we slip up um, and every time we give the other side, you know, an inch, um, it, it's harder for us. And so I, I just think, you know, last night was such a celebration of the industry, but I really think, you know, we may be looking at the economic pressures and understanding that those are headwinds. But I'm not sure that we've got our eyes wide open to the headwinds that are coming in relation mm. to um, to the – and I don't want to use any alcohol, but really it is any alcohol lobby. I, I think that headwind is increasingly getting steam and, and we're not participating and we're not helping ourselves. We're not helping ourselves. And you know, there is an incredibly positive story yep. that beer can tell – you know, again, and all of this is prefaced by moderate amounts. You know, if you're, yep. you know, if you're going to celebrate having four or five, you know, five standard drink or four standard drink beers a night, you, you, you're on your own because that's, you know, that's not doing anything for the for the category. But you know, moderate social consumption of beer brings people together and has a whole lot of benefits and the negatives aren't, the, 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 the negatives aren't there. Um, it's the overconsumption that, peop that a lot of the people in the industry celebrate that are actually a problem. And when you, social media 
magnifies and creates a perception that this is what the product is. Anyway, mm. So, yeah, look, it's, it, it's a huge thing. It's, it's huge. So just sort of that's my, um, you know, under the radar, let's think about it. Speaking of fabulous beer experiences, um, Brewery of the Week this week is brought to you by um, Bluestone Yeast. Um, thanks, Derek. Bluestone Yeast can supply pitches of yeast from one litre to 100 litre at greater than 2 billion cells per milliliter. Uh, whether you are after a one-off pitch or you're looking for weekly, fortnightly or monthly deliveries of yeast, Bluestone Yeast has got you covered. You can reach out to them at info at bluestoneyeast.com.au or call Derek on 03851831723 and talk all things yeast. Uh, he said last night that he's looking forward to seeing everybody at BrewCon. Um, so we'll talk to him there. But the brewery of this week is um, Molly Rose. And so uh, on Wednesday this week, I think Convoy... Um, graciously brought together a group of people in the industry to sort of really um, have some of the hard conversations about what is the future of beer and how do we celebrate um, beer and work together collectively. So it was a really lovely lunch and it was put on at Molly Rose in their new um, dedicated sort of function space Mm. Um, and it was – uh, it was a three-course meal matched with both wine, which Molly Rose have, and beer. Um, part of the venue is a new chef's degustation table that will be beer and food matched, very much like you would see in high-end restaurants anywhere. Um, the service was exceptional, um, really high-quality hospitality experience, great beers, and just um, really – all of the things that Ian talks about all the time around elevated food and beverage experiences uh, were on show at Molly Rose. And so um, Nick and his team should be highly congratulated, but it was just, it was lovely. And, you know, I've said a little bit about how there is a sameness to a lot of, you know, craft breweries, you know, so it's an industrial space, warehouse, not fit, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with those, but when everyone's doing it, it, it becomes a bit of a, a, a trope. Molly Rose, again, it, making great beer with a real heart, distinctive. They're not doing necessarily doing what everyone else is doing. They, they've, they've got a, you know, beers that are you know, very much to their style. Mm-hmm. But then you add that venue that is you know, great food, great service, like hospitality oh. um, service. And, it, yeah, just huge, huge um, yes to uh, Brewery of the Week. Agree. Uh, but what I loved about it was, um, so, so Nick Zendry obviously told the story, but he, you know, they did have that industrial space. Like that's where they started. They created this industrial kind of vibe first and then the building next door came up and they said, well, where's the future? Where do we want to go? What do we want to do with beer? And they went to, we want to elevate it to a, a, a fine dining um, a food and beverage hospitality experience and like right on the money for where thing where we think it needs to go. So um, if you ever get the chance, um, I feel sort of bad that we hadn't been there, but we um, this this luncheon christened the room upstairs. So I think we were one of the first guests in that new space. Um, and if you get the chance to do a beer degustation, five-course degustation at Molly Rose, I would say that would be a, a pretty big highlight. Absolutely. Here, here. And that's it, I think, Matt, out of Melbourne. Well, well, there's so much more we could talk about. I'm just looking at the time and we're not going to get any of this edited. So if you've listened, hopefully it's been okay. There's no, you know, without. <laughs> well, we didn't swear. 
we've just as well because <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to put the beeps in. But uh, yeah, look, it's uh, looking forward to being back in Brisbane in the studio. I, I, I think I've had three nights at home in the last month. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to being it next week and uh, having uh, our regular panel back. And hi, Ian. Uh, we miss you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Wish you were here. And so that wraps up another week of uh, news um, and views. Your hosts have been me, Sabrina Kunz, and Matt Kierkegaard, MC. The show is produced and edited, but not this week, by Joe Helder. We thank Rowling's Labels, Stickers and Packaging and Bluestone Yeast for their support in making this episode possible.